Thank you so much for your word. And uh, no matter where we are in it, it is trustworthy and it is true. And it gives us guidance for our lives. And we thank you for that. Uh, I do pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would rest on me in this time that I could bring your word to your people today. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive anything that you would say to us in and through your word today. Uh, We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. And thank you for how much you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul continues here. says, And so, from the day we heard, that is, of their faith and uh, how the, the gospel is increasing in them, We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Uh, We've recently been chatting with some friends of ours from the United States, some new friends of ours, uh, from the U.S. and uh, talking about the, the state of the church and uh, the kinds of things that have gone on in the churches that they've been part of uh, and in a denomination, actually two denominations that they're connected with and talking about what's happening in the, in the various churches. And it really is cause for deep, deep concern. I, I've said for, for many, many years Uh, that sometimes I feel like Christianity in the United States is like a mile wide and an inch deep. Because so many people have a veneer of Christianity, yet when it comes right down to it, they go to church on Sunday, but on Monday to Saturday, you could not tell them from your average atheist. In fact, many people in the West, many people who call themselves Christians really in the way that they live and the choices that they make Monday to Saturday are very little different than the lifestyle of those who call themselves not Christians. And in some cases, you might find people who claim to be Muslims or claim to be Hindus or claim to be Buddhists or even who claim to be atheists that seem to be living a more morally upright and conservative life than many Christians do. Now, the challenge here is that it's very easy for us to point fingers. And one of the things that we tend not to do, and it's why I don't name ministries in particular that I might have a disagreement with, and certainly would not criticize another culture here at City Temple, our rule is that you cannot criticize somebody else's culture, but you can criticize your own. Uh, and you cannot criticize other ministries because we need to pray for them. And so it's very easy to point fingers, but actually we're not responsible for other Christians and other churches and other ministries. Under God, we are responsible for ourselves. We are responsible for how we live our lives. 
And we're responsible to pray for others so that they might live their lives well, the other Christians, so that they might live their lives well in honor of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul's doing here. Now, this passage has a a twofold purpose for us. First of all, it shows us how to pray for other people in other ministries. I've seen so many Christians, and and there are many that I call heresy hunters, that they go out and they go to different churches, and you can find these guys all over the web and all over YouTube. They go to other churches and other Christians just to tear them down, to show what's wrong with them. And you note that Paul was not really a heresy hunter. There was no point in time where he looked, you can't see that in any of the texts, where he's going out trying to find people who are missing the gospel, what Paul tried to do was focus on people who had the gospel and encourage them to live their lives in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And and he would pray for them, and this passage here is the outline of one of his prayers. But not only this, this passage gives us insights into what it means to live a life worthy of Jesus Christ. Because that's really what it's about. Our challenge as Christians is not to find another ministry that's doing poorer than we are or not to find other Christians that aren't making it so we feel better about ourselves. Our challenge as Christians is to take responsibility for our lives, our own lives in the gospel of Jesus Christ and live those lives in a manner worthy worthy of his calling. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Verse 10, he says, All of this is so that we might walk, and walk is a metaphor for living. And interestingly, walking is a metaphor where you take a, a, a slow pace, you make sure that you'll get to your journey, you make sure you get to your destination, you don't wear yourself out too quickly, you don't wear yourself out too much. So you live, the challenge is then, to live in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. That's what we need. We need to be pleasing to the Lord. We need to live uh, uh, in a manner worthy of the Lord. So how do we do this according to Paul? You get the insights for what he prays. First of all, his primary prayer here is that we might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Now, knowledge here is an intimate knowing It's not some kind of psychological knowledge, intellectual knowledge that you might have, like 2 plus 2 equals 4. This is an experiential knowledge. This is a knowledge that you live out, that you take responsibility for. Uh, If you know that uh, tomorrow the the value of uh, a certain stock is going to go up 500%, that's information. If you know that the value of a stock is going to go up 500% and you sell everything you have and invest in that stock so that your entire belongings increase 500%, that's knowledge. It's taking action on the information that you have. And so Paul prays that we would be filled with the knowing of his will so that we actually do it, so that we actually live it out. We want to have a knowing of his will with spiritual wisdom, first of all. Now, what is spiritual wisdom? Sometimes God tells us to do things that don't make sense. For instance, prayer. Think about it 
from a purely secular sense. Prayer is idiotic. Why should we waste our time kneeling down, talking to God? And in fact, even for many Christians, they seem, that they see, seem to feel like prayer is idiotic. They say, what we need to be doing is out feeding the hungry. We need to be out evangelizing. We need to be reading the Bible. Praying uh, it almost is a waste of time. But God tells us to pray. And prayer, spending time in prayer, spending time with the Lord, is spiritual wisdom. So we need to know God's will so that we will do those things that God tells us to do, even though they might not make sense. But we also need to have understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is common sense. Understanding is common sense. I used to joke with a friend of mine uh, who does some ministry in a country that is majority of another religion. I, I won't say it because this is being recorded. Uh, and say it, it's a majority of another religion. And they're very sensitive about their key leader in this uh, religion. And so I used to joke with him that maybe what we should do is get uh, a couple of t-shirts that has the likeness of this person on the t-shirts and names the person and says, this person is an idiot. Now, that might be kind of funny, but it doesn't, it's not common sense if you want to live. Because if you showed up in this country wearing that t-shirt, you'd surely get killed. So we need to have both spiritual wisdom and common sense as we fulfill the will of the Lord. Spiritual wisdom and common sense goes together. So he prays that we'll have an intimate knowledge of his will with all spiritual wisdom and common sense so that we will live in a manner, uh, in a way that's, that's worthy of Jesus. It's worthy of what he's done and fully pleasing to him. Now, how do we know if we're living in a manner worthy of Jesus, fully pleasing to him? Well, first of all, we will bear uh, fruit in every good work. We're going to, if, you, if you're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, you cannot help but bear fruit. Now, you might not bear a lot of fruit. It might not be the fruit that you think you should bear or the fruit that you want to bear, but you will bear fruit. And not only will you bear fruit as you do good works that we're called to do, but also you will increase in this intimate knowledge of God. That's the same word as before. So if you're walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, you will bear fruit and you'll get to know the Lord more intimately and more fully. And that's our test. But how do we do this? How can we do this? Does that mean we have to work hard? Does that mean then that our salvation is all now about the effort that we put in, the hard work that we put in, the things that we do? Is that, is that what Paul is saying here? No, not at all. Because you notice how he goes on here and he says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. How are we going to do this? We do this in the power of the Holy Spirit. We do this by the power of God living inside of us. And the power is not just some slight power. It's power according to God's glorious might. Do you know God's the sovereign Lord of the universe? This is a lot of power. It's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. It's the same dynamic working in us. And so if we're going to live this life in a manner worthy of the Lord, we can only do it by the power of God living inside of us. But good news 
Because as Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1, God has already given us everything we need for life and godliness through Jesus Christ. So the power is with us right now. We might want our experience of it to increase, but God's power is living in us to live the life. Now, if God's power is living in us, what will be the outcome? Now, many of us would like to say, well, if God's power is in me, then I'm going to be zapping demons out of people. I'm going to go into the hospital. I'm going to raise all the sick people up. I might go to the cemetery and raise up a few dead people uh, just uh, on my off day. Uh, and, you know, I'm going to count, bring out, count, I'm going to do all kinds of things. I'm going to say Jesus, and I'll see a thousand people come to faith. Now, I'd like to see all those things happen. And in some places of the world, they do happen. And even in Europe, they do happen. I'd love to see that. But notice here that the goal of this power working within us is not all these things. We have it for all endurance and patience with joy. If you want to know if God's power is working in you, are you keeping the faith? Are you walking with Jesus? Are you enduring under difficult circumstances? I mean, so many Christians, they run away when the going gets tough. Well, we got to keep on going. And if the power of God is working inside of us, we will endure, and we endure with patience. Now, never pray for patience. That's kind of, you know, I, I hope not to offend anybody here, but that's a dumb prayer, praying for patience. It's dumb. Why is it dumb? Because Paul says that tribulation works patience. That's in Romans. So if you pray for patience, you're asking for tribulation, because tribulation is what gives you patience. I don't want patience. I want more God. And if patience happens to come with that, that's good. But if God is working in us and his power is there, we will have endurance with patience and with joy. Now remember we've said many times that joy is a matter of our focus. It's what we're looking at. If you look at bad things, you're not going to have joy. If you look at all the rubbish on the ground here in London, you won't like London very much. If you look at all the the difficult situations and watch all the bad news about London, you won't like London very much. But if you look at the diversity of the people all created in the image of God and the opportunities for Jesus to lead many people and even nations to himself, if you look at how God is working in and through people all around this city, if you look at the majesty of God and the creativity of humanity, then you can rejoice in London. You can have great joy, and that's what it's all about. So, we know that God's power is working in us when we have endurance with patience and joy. But then what else needs to happen is that we need to be giving thanks to the Father. We need to give thanks to God for everything that comes our way, everything in our lives. We need to become grateful people who make thanksgiving a lifestyle. If you're going to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. It's extraordinary how if you practice thanksgiving very rigorously, how God works in and through that to do amazing things in your life. So give thanksgiving to God, and for, if for no other reason, because God has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. If you think you have nothing for which to give thanks for, at the least, if you're a Christian, you can give thanks that God has qualified you to share in the inheritance and light. 
So if we want to live in a manner worthy of the Lord, thanksgiving is part of that lifestyle. But there's one final thing, and we can almost miss that this is a foundation for this as well. He has delivered us, verse 13, from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. What does this mean? This means that, first of all, we are no longer under the power of Satan. We don't belong to Satan's kingdom. We don't belong to the domain of darkness. We belong to the kingdom of Jesus. We are kingdom people, and the world and Satan does not have power over us. I talk to so many Christians who are afraid of demons or afraid of the devil. I get Christians all the time that come to me and they talk to me about being cursed and about witchcraft. And you know there is cursing and there is witchcraft and Satan is very real. And it's foolish of us to challenge those things, but at the same time, it's foolish of us to be afraid of those things. I'm convinced in God's ability to bless me more than Satan's ability to curse me, no matter what. I know that God will have his way. And Paul is telling us that if we're going to live a life worthy of Jesus, we need to live with that confidence that we are in Christ's kingdom. And not only that, that God's ability to carry us to the end is greater than our ability to mess things up. Because in Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You know, as Christians, we are going to make mistakes. Even when we're living a life worthy of the the Lord, we are going to make mistakes. We're going to make bad decisions. We're going to do wrong things. It is going to happen as the natural outflow of our lives because we live in a messed up, broken world and we still struggle with the world, the flesh, and the devil, even though we're in the kingdom of God. This is true, but we have in Jesus the forgiveness of our sins. We have in Jesus one who is, whose power is greater than the power of our sin. We have in Jesus Christ a Savior who has done everything we need to be reconciled to the Father in the cross and the empty tomb. And that Jesus who died on the cross, that Jesus who rose from the dead, is the same Jesus who's working in us and through us to live a life worthy of his calling. And with confidence in Jesus... We can live as God wants us to live. We can live as Paul is prayed for us to live. We can live as we pray for other people to live in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for all you've done for us in Jesus. Thank you that the power of Jesus is in us and working in us and through us even now. We give you glory, honor, and praise for all this. And I pray, Lord, that for each of us here, that you'd fill us afresh and anew with your Holy Spirit and enable us to live in a manner worthy of the Lord. Let us live in a way that is fully pleasing to him, that really honors Jesus in all that we say and all that we do. Let your power, let your might work in us and through us so that we can endure no matter what's going on in our lives, no matter what's happening, that we can endure until we experience the fullness of Christ's victory in this world and in the world to come. We love you, we praise you, we worship and adore you. 
We pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.